Hello, welcome to the Fallen Skies cast. This is what we call the cold open, and I uh, just want to say welcome to the show. There were a few parts of the show as I was listening to it and editing it, and I recorded this morning before I went to work, and it just sounds like I'm, I'm groggy or something. So I decided to just go ahead and uh, re-record some of those things, and there is just a, maybe five or six minutes of part of the recap that's still that way, and I was like, oh, we'll leave it. I guess. I don't know. I just wanted to, to give you forewarning. If part of the recap sounds a little off, it gets better. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening to the Fallen Skies cast. I am Jimmy Georgia, and I'm going to hit the music. Welcome to the Falling Skies Cast, the first podcast dedicated to Falling Skies on TNT. Well, all right, welcome to the Falling Skies Cast. I am Jimmy and Georgia, your host. It is time to talk Falling Skies once again, and it is uh, time to talk about love and other acts of courage. This week's brand new episode of Falling Skies on TNT, which premiered last night, Sunday, July the 8th, 2012, on TNT here in the States and various times and channels around the world later on. And I uh, just want to welcome you here again to the Falling Skies cast. We are glad to have you along today as we delve into some more discussion of Falling Skies. And uh, kind of as we're apt to do here at the start of our show, we're going to jump into a little bit of Falling Skies news where we talk about the previous week's show's ratings. We talk about a little bit of Comic-Con news again, because that is coming up this week. And I uh, just wanted to uh, welcome you to the show, and uh, I want to hit that music for the news section. From the Falling Skies Cast Studios, it's the Falling Skies News with Jimmy and Emmy. All right, well, this go-round in Falling Skies News, we do want to talk about the ratings for last week's episode, and that, of course, was Young Bloods, Episode 4, Season 2. And the ratings, at least for the initial same day thing or down again I, mean, I know i'm saying stuff funny sometimes i do that <laughs> anyway they were down again this go around the numbers for last week's episode at least just live plus same day and that would be taking into account the dvr viewings of that same day and again i assume that's only in nielsen households um because that seems to be how these rating system works and i still think it's a flawed system but you know we can let our voice be heard on twitter and facebook and social media and that type of thing so anyway on the First of July, Falling Skies, um, Young Bloods had 3.4 million viewers live plus the same day, and then the all important 18 to 49 had a 1.5 million, and then they do expand that out. But again, at 25 to 54, it's just a weird number when it comes to TV ratings. And one thing I will say to, uh, in addition, TV by the numbers was also reporting that the previous week's Compass episode number three actually went up a little bit, 1.4 million extra viewers uh, with the live plus three. And so I guess that does take into account there the Nielsen households who watched Falling Skies Episode 3 on their DVR sometimes within three days of that first broadcast. So that's definitely sounding better. 5.2 million versus 3.8 million. Definitely an improvement there. Also, this week on Friday the 13th, um, Comic-Con will be invaded by Falling Skies. And I know we talked about this a couple weeks ago, and I mentioned it last week. Didn't really get into the details again because we'd already shared them, but since it is this week, we'll mention it here once again. And uh, the panel will be hosted by Will Wheaton, the host of The Second Watch there on FallingSkies.com after the show each Sunday night. And they are back at San Diego for the Comic-Con. 
It is a question and answer panel. It'll be Friday the 13th in room 6BCF in the San Diego Convention Center at 4.30 p.m. That is Pacific time. And then following the panel at 6 p.m., there will be a time for autograph signings at the Dark Horse Comics booth. And I know we've mentioned this before, but we'll go ahead and mention it again. Here, Noah Wiley, Moonblood Good, Will Patton, Drew Roy, Connor Jessup, Colin Cunningham, Sarah Carter, and executive producer Rumi Obushan are there in the panel. So definitely fun times there. And again, probably the most important thing for us fans is that they're going to show clips of the rest of season two which includes, you know, five more seasons or five more shows that we haven't seen just yet. So that's definitely exciting news there. And last year we were able to uh, find a gentleman there who was at Comic-Con who videoed the panel, who allowed us to use his audio from his video for our podcast. So hopefully we'll be able to do that again. And if so, we'll definitely be sharing that with you soon. So maybe we'll have a double episode this week with, uh, with the one coming out this weekend prior to episode six hopefully we'll see i don't know i I don't have an inside contact i don't have any good buddies going to comic-con so maybe we'll get that audio for you that would be amazing and so we'll definitely share that if we can get it well that's pretty much all the news i've got right now so we're going to jump into our next little segment and i'm going to hit that uh music right now Hello? Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Well, that's good. Are you keeping cool over there? It's a hot one again. I'm trying. I was going to get out and mow, but it's just too hot. Right. So, I'm just putting it off. Yep. Well, guess what happened to us? One, the publisher's clean house and getting $10 million. That That's good. No, we didn't win that, but it would be nice. We went to town, come back. You know, we come back on the road, turn and come to our house. You know, around that little curve yeah a big deer come out and hit we hit it it just run out in front of me before i knew it was there wow i thought it was gonna hit the windshield but he busted up my front light i don't think he messed up my radiator i hadn't really looked i don't think he did that happened today yeah that stinks did you get a chance to watch fallen skies last night i did watched every bit of it it was a good one i thought i thought it was a real good one yeah that was real good I like that they were telling us more about the aliens and what was what's going on with all that stuff. I think his son's got more to do with aliens than everybody thinks. Yeah? In a good way or a bad way? It's hard to say. I kind of think he's on their side. On the alien side? Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. But if that one alien is telling the truth, that's not a bad thing. Because that one alien said he was trying to fight against the other aliens, right. like the gray ones. So, it's hard to tell. Yeah. But it was good, though. Yeah, I thought so, too. Well, I guess I'll let you go and let you get back to whatever you was doing. I'm glad you called. I was wondering how y'all's weekend went. It was good. I'm glad you had a good time. And I know it's nice seeing your friends. Yeah. Like I said, if nothing don't happen, we'll see you. But I'll hear from I'll hear from you before then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you a call. Yeah. You take care now. All right, you too. Bye, babe. Bye. All right. Well, that was our Mama in Georgia segment for this week. As I briefly talked there with Mom about falling skies and deer center cars and stuff. And uh, we're going to jump into our falling skies feedback. And that's kind of what our, been our tradition here the last couple of weeks is we kind of kick that feedback off with the Mama in Georgia call. And then we uh, get into some uh, thoughts or whatever from emails or Twitter, Facebook, whatever we might have. We're going to hit the little segment music here and get to go on with that. 
All right. Well, we're going to jump into our Falling Skies feedback. All right. Well, over on Facebook on July the 2nd, Rebecca says, Who is the actress that plays Jenny? It's driving me nuts. All right. Well, uh, it took me a couple days. I didn't see it there. I guess with the holidays and whatnot. The uh, actress's name was Lacey J. Malley. And uh, she's over on Internet Movie Database. I have a link there. She's on Twitter, too, if you want to follow her. I followed her yesterday, and um, she seems pretty nice. She uh, followed us back and, and favorited one of our tweets that we sent over to her, talking about we enjoyed her performance in the show or whatever. But anyway, check that out over on the Facebook page. So after I posted that information for Rebecca, she says, Thank you. She is the chicken supernatural. I just couldn't place who. Smiley face. So, again, she's with super, uh, another Supernatural alum who, uh, that is a show that I've tried to do a podcast about. I, I have one. I, I haven't updated it in several months. It's just been one of those things that's been kind of crazy for me around. It's hard to make time for this. Like, Fallen Skies, it works out pretty well in the summer for some reason. But, yeah, I definitely do hope to get back to my Supernatural podcast. And that's called the Supernatural Cast. There's nine episodes up over there on the feed. Uh, where we discuss the first nine episodes of season one thus far. And plan eventually would be to do all of them, but it just hasn't, it's haven't had the time to get really invested in it. And I, so anyway, we're going to jump into some other feedback here on Facebook. I had several people like things and, and more people like their page. I think uh, I mentioned it last week, you know, some of the different numbers and stuff. I think we're up to like 195 people that like the Facebook page right now. So that's kind of cool. One of the questions I asked was is there a shipper name for Hal and Maggie? And I mentioned Halgi, Haggy, Maggle, and uh, there was someone who uh, on Twitter at Emery Board said Mal, and Brandon over on Facebook said he was going to say Mal as well. And then Brandon left us a couple comments. Uh, the, he posted on the wall and said, "OMG, OMG, OMG!" This was intense. And next week sneak peek, OMG. And then underneath that, he said, I didn't get a chance to watch it last night. Thankfully, I have a DVR. DVRs are amazing. Uh, definitely a good thing to have. But anyway, thanks again to Brandon and to um, Rebecca for posting things there. Thanks to any of the rest of you who may be our uh, friends or whatever you want to call it over on Facebook. And I definitely appreciate you finding us there. And then over on our Twitter feed, we definitely have quite a few things to go through. Uh, maybe we can get to most of them. <laughs> Today, the most, I guess, coolest one, I guess we should have started off with the, the um, Twitter instead of Facebook because of that. I did have Umpo Kaoa um, contact me on Twitter today. I mentioned that I was hoping to have a new episode up tonight, and he responded back to that tweet saying, hopefully um, I can jump on the podcast next week, guys. And so that would be awesome. Um, we had Umpo on the show last August. Um, you know, We had a brief little interview with him. He was super nice, has been the whole time. And uh, definitely appreciate him and his uh, generosity and just taking the time with the fans out there. And not, not just us, but just people in general. He's, he's a cool guy. Well, in addition from hearing from you know one of the actors on the show, we also heard from several of you as well. And uh, I want to go through several of these. I know we have a bunch. Of, definitely appreciate it. We got a follow Friday from at Jewel Phoenix, who's uh, been a, a big supporter over on Twitter. At TVology. Send us a link to their interview with Colin Cunningham. So if you're interested in Colin Cunningham or Pope, check that out. At Casey underscore Purvis says, If Pope is captured by the Skitters, I bet they force him to work in their kitchen. Hashtag Falling Skies. Also, we have him uh, again. At Casey underscore Purvis said, The disadvantages far outweigh the benefits of the spikes. Second mass, be cautious with Ben. 
tweeted about how there was more to Ricky's thing, and now I mean, we talked about it on the podcast how he I thought he was still out there, and uh, I mentioned that on Facebook and it went over to Twitter. And at Jennifer Ruck said, I never doubted he was still out there. I thought there was a lot left of his story. Also, um, I posted this. And I think we already mentioned this briefly, but is there a shipper name for Hal and Maggie? Halgy, Haggy, Maggle, and at Hal underscore Mason underscore said Maggle, really? <laughs> and I think we mentioned this one too, but at Emery Board said Mal, which actually is a pretty good one. I like that one. I had several from Ms. Ison underscore 087, I guess is how you'd say that. And we'll just go through several of hers here since there are a number of them. Why is Maggie being that way? I don't understand. Denial. Why? Holy crap. Drama on Falling Skies. Beyond Amazing. Addicted. Love the Honesty Post Sedative. Great episode. Definitely didn't see those twists coming. I definitely don't want to wait a week. My favorite character. And she says, I definitely teeter between Tom and Ben. And hurry up Sunday. And there's a couple others there. We had a bunch of different messages on Twitter from at Jennifer Rux. We mentioned her once before um, just a minute ago, and we'll go through a few of those as well. She says, I can't believe I have to wait a week. And that's when she asked, who's your favorite character? And I said that Pope would be mine. Um, and she says, yes, Pope is a great character, but I have to admit Ben keeps me coming back. Um, she also says, please don't tell me Ben's going to leave the second mass. My heart is breaking with the mere thought that Ben may go on his own, finally, skies. And then she tweets to Connor Jessup and, and us saying, say it isn't so. Also, another uh, different one, though, as we've said, those two ladies uh, you know, posted several things over on Twitter. At one said, episode was awesome. I had a feeling that Ben and Red Eye were together. Um, in relation to that whole um, Maggie and Howe shipper name, um, someone mentioned, what about Lodris and Jamil? And at Thogar said, maybe it's Jamil Ordris. Jamil Ordris. <laughs> All right, well... We mentioned uh, this Twitter follower last week at Sparkling Chaos One says, "I'm so intrigued by Falling Skies. It reminds me of City of Ember a little. Haven't read those books or haven't seen that movie, so I don't really know, you know, what's going on with all that. I think that's pretty much it. All right, well, that's going to wrap up our feedback section. Don't have any calls to get into or emails this week, so we're going to move on along into our next segment. We're going to hit that music right now." It's time for the Falling Skies recap, part of the show where we recap Falling Skies. The first part of this episode started off showing several skitters with their hands up on these buildings around Richmond, we later find out. And eventually we see that red-eyed skitter, the Scarface one that one of our Twitter followers had called him. And then we see Ben joining in on the little skitter time. It's kind of strange. Okay, and that's where we have our opening credits. And then we go on into the next little section here. Hal's basically stalking Maggie out in the forest. She tells him to pick up his feet, just like his mom used to. Um, Weaver is going to send them out to scout out some pharmacies and hospitals in the area um, to look for more drugs and stuff because that's what they had done back in Boston before. Um, and then this is where Maggie does mention that they have been in Richmond for a week now and she's getting stir crazy. And then across the way there they see an explosion in the city and then we cut back over to the, the second mass. But that is something important. Like we mentioned last week on the show, they definitely moved south with that picture of Robert E. Lee on the wall. And so it's good to get some confirmation of, of where they are now in this, this particular area. And so it'll be interesting. Another thing about that, we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and mention it here real quick. Tom did say they're two weeks out from Charleston. So if they, you know, holds to form, that would mean episode six and seven, they're still on the road. And maybe episode eight they'll get there. Maybe it'll be like a 
at the end of that episode they'll get there, um, or maybe the beginning of that episode, and then 9 and 10, I would have to think, would be there in Charleston, and that would coincide with some of my thoughts. I haven't seen, I haven't seen any official spoilers in these last few episodes, or anything. I haven't seen these episodes, like some people out there who've seen a few more um, episodes, but I would have to think that would coincide with some casting news that we, we, we read about last fall and winter. But anyway, we'll get back to our little recap. Uh, we, we go back over to Second Mass. Matt and Tom trying to figure out what's going on. Weaver says there's, a, there's at least one mech about a click away. Initially, he sends out the Berserkers on a recon. And then they, and then, but Tom brings up the point, maybe this explosion and stuff, maybe this is another resistance group, maybe they should go try to help them. And so basically they send out two groups, Tom's group and, and Weaver's group to go kind of figure out what's going on. And then they have Tom sends two of his berserkers, Crazy Lee and Tector, over with Hal and Maggie. And he takes, um, I think he said die in, in exchange. But it's interesting seeing Matt run around with a gun um, and he's told he has to protect the med bus. For Dr. Glass. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Alright, so they get over there. They find some burning wreckage. And they get there and they basically determine, once they meet up with Weaver's group, that these mechs shot each other. Um, they didn't find any other skitters or resistance at first. And finally, they do see one skitter. And it has this someone underneath it with glowing spikes. Hal thinks it's Ben because he saw those spikes glowing last week or so. And so, he runs over there. It's Rick, actually, he's underneath it. And so... And that was our commercial break there. They get Rick back over to the second mass med bus. And they get some shrapnel out. Weaver's ready to interrogate this kid. And Anne kind of stands up for him. She's like, it's not his fault. He didn't, you know, want this to happen. He was kidnapped. He was harnessed. And all those kind of things. Which is funny. I don't know. It just seems like people go back and forth on this whole thing about the aliens. They're still looking around for Ben. They still haven't been able to find him. And Maggie... And that the way the women have an influence over guys is able to get Hal to tell his dad what he knows about Ben and his spikes. Alright, and here's where Tom decides to send a couple of his berserkers, Tector and Crazy Lee, with Hal and Maggie on their mission. And he's going to take Die, uh, because he's a better tracker, I guess is what they came down and said. Um, well, Rick does wake up, he's all like panicked, he's disoriented, he doesn't really know what's going on. He wants to know where Ben is, he was hoping that Ben would be with them. And basically says he's hurt really bad. And then Tom, as always, is willing to take a risk for his son. Weaver does allow that to happen. There's a couple of these moments in the show where, in some cases, Tom stands up and says, No. And Weaver's like, Okay, that's cool. And there's sometimes Weaver is like, You've disobeyed an order, boy. Not that Weaver really sounds like that, but I don't know. Their relationship's still kind of funny. And so now we have Boone, Die, Tom, Weaver... And a couple others following Ricky. Ricky saying that Ben is with someone nearby. They're led inside a building. Ben tells them to go away. He's trying to protect the red-eyed Scarface Skitter. And Tom recognizes that Skitter and is very hostile towards him. The Skitter is able to talk through Ricky to get his point across or whatnot. And it does say that it is the one who saved Tom from death. And that they need to talk. And again, Tom makes a decision here. It, I don't know, I wasn't sure what his motive was exactly. It seemed like, I don't know, it seemed like he wanted to kind of trust Ricky and his son, but it was more like he wanted to cover his bases. He's like, well, we'll take a prisoner, and if it talks, we'll get some good information, and if not, we'll kill it, because it was important, and it, they trusted him and stuff. And at some point here, I, I, I missed it in my notes. Uh, I think it was a little earlier before they sent out people for meds. 
Um, they do show Weaver's leg, and it's looking pretty rough where that skitter harnessed um, bit him. It wasn't wasn't healing well. All right, when we get back from our commercial break, and uh, Techner and Crazy Lee find some drugs, bring them back to Maggie and Hal. A mech is heard approaching the area. They hide in the car. Maggie just happens to fall on top of Hal in there. The car gets rocked several times as a... Uh, Quite a few mechs walk by, and again, this is a good way for them to have a larger group of mechs without the money spent, you know, have a few special effects, have a few things, have mostly sound effects and some stuff. I think that's a very much better way than having two or three mechs walk by. Um, It made it seem like it was a bigger group. That's a plus. Tom and Weaver's team return with Ben, Ricky, and the captured Skitters. We all know that didn't end very well the first time around, so hmm, we'll see how that goes. Weaver does mention having a town hall meeting, which we never see on screen. Ben tells Tom about the alien Skitter Rebellion and and how he's been communicating with them since you know pretty much since Jimmy died and his spikes have been glowing. And we we have seen this red eyed Scarface Skitter over and over again. And after this episode definitely seems like it's a very important part of this whole puzzle for the season. And basically we get to learn more about what's going on. Ben didn't want his dad to see him as an enemy, and then I guess as he goes and talks with the thing, the um the Skitter says that some of them have, I guess it's not all of them, but at least at least he and some of the other ones were from a peaceful planet. And like I guess around 100 years ago, these overlords, what they call the great tall aliens, came along and you know destroyed their planet and enslaved so many of their you know people or whatever you want to call them. And but some of them were able to resist, and they've been kind of fighting back for the past hundred years or so. And then this guy basically thinks that along with the help of the second mass, they could do something together that they could not do alone, and that is overthrow these overlords and have skitters and humans living peacefully together. Which makes me, for whatever reason, think of Ghostbusters. Dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. But um, the skitter does end up saying basically he thinks the second mass is their only chance, and they get into the conversation of how Tom is alive because that skitter let him go, and that with the help of people like Tom and Ben, they can rise up against their overlords. And so we see more mechs are continuing to go by the car. Hal and Maggie are still having that little moment there in the floorboard of the back seat. He tells a story about why he wanted this old beat-up car um, because of this jazz dancer, which I honestly seem like he went a little too far into some details about this other girl, considering he's digging on old Maggie there. Uh, but he definitely enjoys some jazz pants. Um, they laugh about that and whatnot. And then Maggie brings up Karen. That kind of kills the whole moment, kills the whole mood or whatever. And pretty soon thereafter, they get out of the car. Um, we get back from our commercial break. Maggie apologizes for bringing up Karen. They, you know, they say they're on good terms or whatnot. Crazy Lee talks about how they miss noises like crickets and airplanes. Tector misses baseball games and TVs and stuff like that. And they um, are hoping some of that kind of stuff might be down there in Charleston. Ricky here, speaking for red-eyed Scarface alien skitter guy, says that he only wants to talk with Professor Mason. Ben, we find out, is important. The uh, Skitter says that there is a death squad on the way to the camp to kill him and the second mass. And you know, obviously that's the same one that we just encountered with Hal and Maggie. And we cut back over to those that group and they find an empty hospital. They, you know, there's clean sheets and beds and supplies and medications and all this stuff. So they're pretty excited about that. The pharmacy doesn't like it's been touched. Maggie goes outside and seems to be pouting a little bit. Hal goes to try to talk to her and mention stuff about her cancer. She kind of shares that she had brain tumors. Three of them had surgeries, has holes in her skull. Um, and she had basically accepted death by the time that third surgery came around. Um, they kiss, and for once, no one interrupts them, but very soon afterwards, she just kind of runs off. 
And we go back over the red-eyed Scarface Skitter is saying that 20 of his comrades died in that battle this morning that we saw the remnants of. Um, he tells Tom about his planet. And this is actually where I said some of this earlier, I guess, but that's where he shares about how uh, his planet was peaceful. They placed camlocks, I believe is the word he used, on the children, um, which is their word for the harnesses, and basically how they were unable to fight back. But the second mass gave them hope that they could overthrow their oppressors. And this particular skitter does say he's filled with sorrow and regret, and that basically live together, die alone. Good old-fashioned lost moment there. We get back from another commercial break. Maggie says that they're just partners to stop all this other stuff because Hal does pretty much say he wants to he wants something more than what they have at this point. The Death Squad arrives at camp. Uh, Maggie gets injured pretty quickly, tells them to get out of there. Um, she even calls Hal an idiot for coming back to save her, but he saved her. Tom refuses to stand down. Um, May- Weaver's pretty much telling... Uh, telling his guys i guess to shoot the skitter or something honestly it all happened so kind of quickly to kind of miss exactly what what happens um but tom ben and ricky are there they're like we gotta listen to us and nobody's want to listen and then uh the skitter breaks loose and ricky jumps in front of boone in order to uh protect the skitter and he dies from that chest wound a little later on spoiler alert hal does bring maggie to ann and then as Ricky is dying, he's like, you have your father, talk to him, make him believe. And then Tom does try to comfort Ben after that happens. All right, we get back from our last commercial break. Low, oh, Lodris, Low tells Hal that Maggie will be okay. They go to that hospital, apparently, because that's where they're at at this point. Maggie asks why he came back for her. She doesn't understand. Hal says that he needs her. Maggie does ask him to sit down and stay until she falls asleep. And this is back to trying to properly treat Weaver now that she has some good medication. She does give him some sedative. And this is where it's kind of a, a good moment between Weaver and Tom. Weaver's kind of going going out of it a little bit from his drugs. And he's he does tell Tom that you know he's disobeying orders. He's worried about Ben and what risk he could be posing to the group. And basically says, you know, what's going to happen if you need to make a tough choice regarding Ben? I don't want to do that for you. And he even goes on to say that he didn't like Tom when Porter put them together. Tom says he didn't like Weaver either. But now they've grown to respect one another. Tom here does mention they've got two more rough weeks on the road until they get to Charleston. And this is with with Ann. They're talking. Um, Ann asks about how Ben is. That seems to be the case quite often. She thinks he's going to be okay. This is when Jamil gets the emergency generators running in the hospital, which, again, seems like a bad idea. seems like a bad thing to be doing in an alien apocalypse. Turn on some loud generators. Turn on a whole bunch of lights and who knows what else that goes along with that to attract attention, to make noises. And, like, a death squad was just around the corner not too long ago. It just seems like a bad idea. But they do it. There's lots of empty rooms. And uh, Tom and Ann decide to go into one of them, so... They got that much happening. And then outside on the roof, Ben's looking up at, at the stars. Matt comes to talk with him. Uh, Matt says he's not afraid of heights or anything else. And Ben kind of says that's dumb or whatever. Ben then asks him if he can keep a secret and that he tells Matt that he's going away for a while. And that concludes Falling Sky Season 2, Episode 5, Love and Other Acts of Courage. We're going to jump into the Falling Skies 5 where we talk about the five most important the five most important or pivotal moments of the episode. All right, it is time for the Falling Skies Five. The five most pivotal moments of the episode. Number five on my list, I think, is is important, but in the grand scheme, not that important. So that's why it's number five. Ricky shows back up. We talked about Ricky after the first episode. How Ann said Uncle Scott died. Ricky is gone, which could be left open to interpretation. 
Like either he's gone like he died or gone like he just ran off. And so obviously he just ran off. He came back and found them in Richmond, Virginia, which we'll get to in a little bit more, I guess. But um, that's kind of strange, quite honestly. It's been several months probably since he ran away or a deserted camp and whatnot, and now he shows back up with the Skidders in Richmond, Virginia. So it's kind of funny. But that is important, and our episode definitely helps Ben. It helps Tom kind of accept what the alien's saying. I don't know. It seemed like he still didn't trust him exactly, but by the end, it seemed like he had kind of won Tom over. But I don't know. It's hard to tell. He definitely didn't obey Weaver's orders there when the attack was coming. So I guess he has turned over to that side of the Skidders. Okay, that's number five on my list. Number four this week, I guess we'll go back into some good old-fashioned character moments. And just, they have been building this relationship between Hal and Maggie. And um, this week, it's gotten a little deeper, and then it just kind of went away in some ways. Um, but that's just how shows are in general. Will they, won't they? It's kind of more entertaining, usually, than when they get together. And so, you know, Maggie's opens up and talks about her past, talks about her cancer, talks about brain tumors. They kiss, and then she freaks out. He saves her life, and she says he's an idiot. It's, it's just interesting how that dynamic is going on there. And I asked a question on Twitter. All right, we're going to get to some more important things. Number three on my list, Ben comes clean about his communication and his uh, dealings with the skitters as far as his little spikes glowing and whatnot, which I definitely think that's important. He still doesn't trust his dad. Um, Hal is the one who shares that news, and, and Ben's kind of upset about it, and he's afraid, and... Again, he's he's on that whole path to the dark side, it seems. But now that we have this um, revelation that the skitter he, he's been contacting, most notably, is apparently a freedom-fighting skitter, it doesn't sound as bad. So that's definitely good. I, I, I'm hoping that that is the case. Same thing for Ricky. Uh, it makes sense for Ricky in the fact that the last time we saw him last season, he made contact with the skitters, and they said, we don't want you. Go away, basically. It makes sense that if there was another faction in that group, he might have been sought out by them, or he might have sought them out. I don't know. But I think that's kind of cool. But yeah, Ben's definitely key here, sharing that information with Tom, who is the second in command of the second mass. So definitely, you definitely get the stuff there, what's going on. And it definitely makes me feel like he's probably not necessarily going over to the dark side. Number two on my list... They have made it roughly, and this, this is not an exact number. This is one of those Google Map things. They made over like 557 miles so far in the past, whatever. So in that span, from Compass to Youngbloods, they made it 557-ish miles um, in however long of an amount of time it took them to do that. And then they've been there here in Richmond for at least a week. And so Tom says they've got two weeks of hard journey to get down to, to South Carolina. And so... They're definitely on their way, and we talked about that some last week. That was one of my things. Like, obviously, you're already leaving them while they've made some progress, and so I think that's important. Um, they're, they've probably made it halfway-ish. And I didn't look up the uh, total miles from, from Boston to Charleston, so maybe I should have done that. <laughs> okay. All right, number one thing this week, and this is the, the, the showstopper or whatever you want to call it, um, number one this week definitely, definitely, definitely is the information we learned from this red-eyed Scarface skitter about his resistance and the whole situation. Like, we, we found out about the overlords, which is what the gray aliens are called. We found out about this particular portion of the skitters. I'd have to think there's been more than one planet overrun and, and harnessed. Um, at least in his particular group, they were a peaceful planet, much like our own, and they have been turned into these monsters by these overlords. 
who may have been doing this for thousands of years. I don't know. In this particular case, he says that they were have been resisting for around a hundred years already, but have not been able to, you know, really make a big difference. So I think that's pretty cool. I, I like that mythology. I think it's neat that they've finally gotten into some of the more deeper stuff. And there's really no way to do that apart from interacting with some of the skitters um, or the overlords, I guess we should call the other ones. So I think that's pretty neat. And I'm glad uh, I'm glad they're getting into that, some of that. I don't know how much more. I mean, that's a pretty big chunk of stuff we got in just a few sentences. So I don't know how much more that will get this season even. But I guess between that and the road to Charleston... They've definitely kind of set up some version of a maybe an end game for the season, if not the whole show. Um, I don't know how long they've really planned to try to have this show go on. You know, the show hasn't been renewed for season three just yet, but I mean, in normal TV shows anyway, they try to get to 100 episodes, which would be about five seasons, so they can be syndicated and whatnot. Now, in cable, it's a little different because there's seasons are about 10, 12 episodes instead of 22 or so episodes on, on the networks. So I'm not sure if they have any kind of mindset of we need to get to 60 episodes or we need to get to 50 episodes or anything like that. Or if they just have a, a short, you know, three or four season arc, like, this is it. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to that personally. If, if next season was the last season, I'd be okay with that. I mean, I would have to assume that this season ends on a cliffhanger. Um, hoping they're going to have a third season, but you never know. I mean, at the rate they're moving, this this could even be the, the last season. Who knows? They haven't, like I said, they haven't announced a season three yet. I, I don't know what their whole plan is. I haven't haven't heard too much about that. I mean, I don't know how much they could share if if they had a plan, really. But I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely curious to see where this leads them. But I definitely think it is leading them to Charleston. It is leading them to uh, a confrontation, definitely, in the next five episodes. And again, I think I already mentioned this, but Tom says they're two weeks out of Charleston. You know, that could be two episodes of them being on the road, uh, followed up by two or three episodes of them being down there in Charleston. Um, I think it would be cool, judging just from some guest star information, that by the end of episode eight, they arrive in Charleston. So over the next three episodes, if they have, you know, one week there in some other place, they have a travel week, they have another week there in somewhere else, and in between that or whatever, they end up in, in Charleston there at the end of the eighth episode, giving them the season finale of the two episodes that they're probably air back to back to really delve into what's going on in Charleston and kind of introduce us to that whole organization, their government, their whole, their whole resistance movement there. All right. Well, I guess that's going to wrap up our phone skies five and we've got a couple brief, brief little things to take a look at in our this week in history and our pop culture segment. They're both pretty slim this week again, and there was no Pope again. So there's no Pope quote of the week. And so that we're getting close to the end of our shoe here. We're going to jump into This Week in History. This Week in History. One thing Tom mentions when he's talking to the red-eyed Scarface Skitter, you know, whatever you want to call him, he says he's heard it you know, throughout history about soldiers who were just following orders. And uh, that's something that was definitely brought up as a defense back in World War II for a lot of the Nazi war crimes. A lot of those soldiers that you know from the Nuremberg trials would just say, you know, I was just following the orders of my superiors. That's what you're supposed to do as a soldier. Blah blah blah. And to me, that that doesn't hold water personally. And I don't think. I mean, I get. I can see how that is the mindset in the military. You are supposed to obey your com- commanders. But at the same time, we see like with someone in Tom in the show. And granted, this is fiction. This isn't real life. But Tom in our show 
um, here following these guys. He he stands up to Weaver. He's like, no, that's wrong. I'm not going to do it or whatever. You know, he disobeys orders sometimes when the orders aren't just or orders aren't right. And so, and, and not to just limit this to the Nazis, there's been all sorts of bad things occurring in the war zones and you know by people, not just the military, but in all sorts of ways. And you know, they just did what they were told to do. Um, and that could be that could be in anything. That could be in a Ponzi scheme or something you see on on Wall Street or or in a job and a business is doing unethical practices, you know, your boss tells you to cheat someone or to whatever, you know, it's morally, it's your responsibility to say, no, that's wrong. I'm not going to do that. So anyway, <laughs> I guess we'll stop there. But that, that was really the only historical reference I, I really caught this week. I didn't see anything specific. You know, a lot of times there are very specific examples. And it seems in these first five episodes, they've kind of moved away from that a little bit. Maybe people complained a little bit about that. I enjoyed it. Obviously, I've made a segment of my podcast to kind of discuss those things they bring up. But it, it does seem they've definitely cut back on that, which some people maybe enjoy. I don't know. I guess we'll see. All right, we're going to jump over into our next little segment of the show, and that would be Falling Skies and Pop Culture. Falling Skies and Pop Culture. All right, there was a couple things that are kind of pop culture related. One, I guess the only one we'll really mention here, and we'll, we'll probably wrap it up at that. Tector, who sounds like a Southerner, does mention that he misses hearing his neighbor's TV blaring the Texas Rangers games. Um, and at first, honestly, the first thing I thought when I heard Rangers, I didn't catch the Texas part. Um, I thought he was talking about the, the NHL hockey team for some reason, since they're in Boston. I would assume, you know, people in Boston would be more hockey fans. But, you know, obviously the Boston Red Sox are real popular too. But I don't know, for whatever reason, that's the first thing it brought to my head. I went back and re-listened to that and caught that it was the Texas Rangers baseball organization. And that organization has been around since the 60s. And they are over in Arlington, Texas. They have been since... I guess the early 70s. And I've never been to one of their games. I have been driven by their stadium once when I was out in Dallas-Fort Worth area a few years ago. And they are in the American League. And they did make it to the World Series back in 2010 and lost that particular series to the San Francisco Giants in five games. But I thought that was pretty cool. All right, well, I, really that was the only specific uh, reference. I mean, so they did mention TV in that same thing, and granted TV, I guess, is a pop culture reference, but I think it needs to be a little more specific, it's like Matt's Star Wars shirt from last week. Well, I guess that's going to wrap up this week's episode. Like I said, that was again, that was a short, uh, brief This Week in History, another short, brief pop culture segment, no Pope Quote of the Week. And so it is going to just be time for us to tell you how you can get in contact with us at the podcast. You can find us over at FallingSkiesCast.com. And there's all these information that you might look for would be there. Um, it includes our phone number, which is 773-35-SKIES. And that is a U.S. number. So if you're outside the U.S., you want to give us a call, just add a plus one in front of that. Or go ahead and record an MP3 on your phone or on your computer and email it to us at fallingskiescast at gmail.com. We would love to have your voicemails or your recordings in that way. Um, you can also just send us a message on email. You could uh, find us over on Twitter at the Falling Skies. We would love to have your Twitter conversation going on over there we, we get to do that sometimes and it's always fun um you can also find us over on facebook facebook.com forward slash falling skies cast and we've got i think around 195 members right now so it's definitely growing and the uh twitter accounts up to like almost 1200 followers i believe so thank thank you again to everyone out there who's found us we definitely like to hear from you and you can find us on get glue you can find us on google plus you can find us in itunes and subscribe there 
which is probably the easiest way, but there's also an RSS feed there on our website. If you need to subscribe in some other podcatcher that you might use, we'd love to hear from you that way through iTunes. If you have a few moments to, of your valuable time to take and give us a star rating or write us a little review, let us know how we're doing. Definitely appreciate it. All right, well, I guess that's going to wrap us up for this week, and we'll see you next time at the Fallen Skies Cast. I am Jimmy in Georgia. Peace. It's been-